York and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you have any questions for our guests, there are many ways you can contact the show. You can post a question on our wall on Facebook, Skype us, send us a tweet on Twitter to at The Organic View, or you can contact me directly at June Stoyer on Twitter. Today, I'll be speaking to author Angela Manand in regards to her new book, Eat Right for Your Body Type, the super healthy diet that's actually inspired by Ayurveda. She is going to talk about a whole fresh spin on this ancient medical system that really makes it easy for people to incorporate Ayurvedic concepts into their busy lifestyle. Now, it's not so much of a diet, but it's just a way of being. And it's just fascinating, if you're not familiar with it, to really read up on this whole way of existing. And some of the concepts that we're going to talk about really make so much sense. It's kind of surprising that more people don't incorporate these things and haven't already. The actual cookbook, uh, when you take a look at the pictures are just wonderful. You actually want to eat the pages off the book. They're just really beautiful. And I have written so many recipes and taught so many classes, and she really does a phenomenal job. And she also incorporates her own story, which really adds for a personal touch. People have been experimenting with different diets for the longest time. I mean, there's always some new fad, but the thing is, is that what these diets don't teach you is not so much about how to lose weight, but how to actually live. And that's basically what this book is about, and it is such an inspiration. It really can make you change your life for the better so that you're not only living a more healthier existence, but it's something where it becomes instinctive, where you don't have to think, but it becomes actually who you are. So I'd like to welcome to the show Mrs. Anjum Anand. Hi, June. Well, God, what a great introduction. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, this book is just tremendous. How long did it take you to write this? I mean, you even have desserts in here. I know. Um, it took, gosh, I can't even remember. It took a long time because it was, there was a lot of research because I didn't want to say anything that wasn't 100% accurate. But I really wanted to update Ayurveda so that we could live with it and, and, and incorporate it into our modern, very hectic lifestyle. So there was a lot of research, there was a lot of interviewing doctors, and then I sort of sat with all the principles and I thought, okay, what do we like to eat? And I tried to base recipes that were quite simple but interesting with lots of different flavors um, and put them in the book. So thank you. No, I, I do love the recipes and a lot of people I know love them and um, cook from it all the time. And in fact, I even meet people who say they went to an Ayurvedic spa here in England and that they were using my cookbook for the, in the kitchen. So, so it was, you know, it's, it's great to hear that people actually use them and are enjoying them. Thank you. Uh, well, I know for me, a lot of the, the dishes that you have here are dishes that, um, I, I guess, for myself, I've become a little set in my ways with things that I typically make, but you really put a spin on a lot of things that I do make, only you just have a different version, which is nice. And especially to the fact that I follow a vegan diet, um, mm -hmm. you know, 
folks, you have to curtail recipes according to what your needs are. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can't pick up a, a wonderful, well-written book like this and just substitute different ingredients so that it can uh, accommodate what your needs are. Because uh, I know that um, you know some people don't eat certain things, and that's okay. But the recipes are really very um, the directions are very, very thorough. You could actually use a book like this with your children, which I think is very important when you're teaching your children about good nutrition, how to make good choices, and also how to basically become independent and cook for themselves, which is very important because as especially in this day and age where everybody is so busy, uh, people don't have time for this and have time for that, if you can teach your children how to make better selections and how to cook dishes like um, are in this rest, are in this book, then your kids really will be prepared and they'll be way ahead of the game instead of reaching for a bag of chips or something that is just not a healthy choice. Uh, I, I mean, I think one of the biggest problems that the you know I live in England that England has and America has is that we rely so much on processed food and convenient food that we don't spend much time in the kitchen anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. That's why we have a lot of uh, illnesses now in our in our countries because eating fresh and healthy food is key to good health. All the nutrition we get in our bodies is through food. And, you know, every different food will give you something. So, you know, some people say, don't eat this, it's bad for you. Ayurveda says there's nothing bad for you. It's moderation. As long as it's natural... It's giving you something positive. So something bitter will have something positive. Something sweet will give you something positive. Everything there is giving your body something to renew a particular cell or to regenerate something or to heal something. It's all needed. But as soon as we start taking fresh food out of the equation, we are relying on food food that isn't as nourishing as the fresh food as it was when it was first cooked. So it's so key to reintroduce cooking back into our lives anyway. And... um, and the good thing about um, Ayurveda is that actually it's, it's, it's for everyone. There's nothing that's wrong and right. So if you're vegan, June, there's a lot of recipes that don't use dairy because dairy doesn't suit everybody. So there are a lot of dairy-free recipes. There's a lot of vegetarian recipes. There's a bit of everything because that's how we all like to eat. And when I wrote the book, I really wanted to make sure that people who really believed in Ayurveda, who got the, who got the science, they call it the science of how to live but I call it a science but really it's just a way of life but once you believe in it and you subscribe to it I want there to be enough recipes to keep you going so that you don't have to think oh god what am I going to cook today what what are the ingredients that really suit my body type but there's always something there to open and and to read so um, you know there is something in there for everybody and uh, and like I said Ayurveda says that there's nothing that's wrong for us, but everything in the right quantities at the right time of day, and it should suit our body type. Yes, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I, I actually am on page 139, and I'm just staring at your quinoa with roasted vegetables and chickpeas, and this is really looking like uh, this is going to be part of my dinner for tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I mean, quinoa is so, it's such a great ingredient, but unfortunately, it doesn't have a lot of flavor. So, you know, when you use quinoa, and it's fantastic because it's got such a great amount of protein for a grain, you really need to kind of add something in there and some, some simple spices and some roasted vegetables really um, jazz that one up. 
it's, it's, it's a delicious meal, and it's very light. So absolutely go for it tonight, June. <laughs> Thank you. Now, before we go any further, if you would please take a moment to, to tell our audience about yourself and about all the wonderful things that you've done as a celebrity chef. Gosh, um, I'm not great talking about myself, June, but basically, uh, let's see, I've written five cookbooks. Eat Right for Your Body Type is one of them. Um, I'm Basically, I write about healthy Indian food or I make Indian food easy to cook at home and uh, just want, I just want people to sort of get back in the kitchen again and recreate the food they love eating outside. Um, and I've done a couple of TV series with BBC Two in the UK and I do a lot of writing and, and uh, yeah, so it's, or anything about food really, some consultations and all of that. And just uh, for our audience that uh, uh, happens to be by their computers and if they want to just check out your website, could you mm-hmm. just tell everybody your website? Yeah, it's uh, the W's, <laughs> Anand, that's A-N-J-U-M-A-N-A-N-D for David, .co.uk. And it just gives you a really great overview of, of what I do and, and my ethos. Now, can you talk about your own personal experience that you share with the readers in your book and why that was so important for you to include? Um, I guess for me, I really wanted to include what brought me to Ayurveda because because I think people will resonate with it and it's always nice to talk about yourself because sometimes people don't get a chance to understand what brought you to a place and also to kind of connect with you because people are often going through the same thing. Well, with me, I grew up, as a chubby baby and, and, and a chubby child and then a fat adult. So I was always overweight and I was always doing some kind of diet and losing the weight because I was quite disciplined as a person, but I'd always put it back on once I started to eat normally. Anyway, I then decided that to lose weight properly, you've got to change the way you eat for good. And um, so I did that and I lost all the, the weight and I, I just by eating very healthy food and you know, exercising very, very regularly. But what happened is at the end of all this weight loss, which, you know, I took my time over, it took me a couple of years, or maybe a bit less maybe actually. Um, but I came out the other end thin, but I, I felt not healthy in my body, and, and I wasn't very happy. So I went from being quite happy and overweight to thin, but not very happy, and didn't feel very healthy. I had a really great immunity before. And now I just, and, and after this, I kind of felt like it was hard to digest food and I felt very bloated and, um, you know, acidity and just all sorts of stuff I had never had. So I went to lots of doctors and said, well, there's something wrong with me. You know, let's get something tested. Let's talk about my diet. And, and you know, I, I got everything tested. I went through my diet with several doctors and everyone kept saying, but you have a perfect diet. You're a great weight. You're you know, you look well, everything's great. And I kept saying, yes, but I'm not, there's something wrong because I know what I was before. Mm. Then I found myself at this Ayurvedic spa. I went with my family. I actually wanted to take my dad there because I'd heard a lot about it. And I ended up sitting in front of a doctor and I found myself telling him the same things I told the doctors here, which is I was very overweight and I lost all the weight, but I did it in a very healthy way, but now I'm really not uh, healthy, not feeling healthy and, and happy. And you know, can you help? But I didn't really think he'd be able to help me. But um, he just looked at me and he didn't miss a beat. And he said, well, you clearly have a very unbalanced vata. A vata is an air, the air element. And he just 
explain to me that you went from being a certain body type and you changed your entire entire lifestyle and you've come out the other end, but you're not balanced. Your body is not balanced. And he explained to me why it's so important for me to be balanced and how to rebalance myself, which was a very, very simple way of doing it once you realize what's wrong. Anyway, so I went away and I went on some herbal medicine he gave me and I listened to his advice and I got so much better so quickly. And since then, I started buying, you know, Ayurvedic books just to understand more about it. And uh, the more I read, the more it resonated with me. And I thought it was such a fantastic, logical science. It all made complete sense to me. And, uh, and I incorporated it into my life. And, you know, I was so passionate about it. And I would always talk about it randomly with my publishers, with my friends. You know, oh, I'm not eating fruit as a dessert because... Uh, fruit and food, according to Ayurveda, you don't eat fruit with a meal because you don't digest your food so well then. And then you let you have food that's undigested in your gut, which is very bad for you and creates toxins. Uh, so I had all these little quirks that I kept, you know, I talk about quite freely. Like I don't drink a lot of cold water with my meal because it stops your digestion process happening properly. And uh, my publisher one day said to me, why don't you write about it? You know, you're clearly very... Um, it's fascinating and it's a lifestyle for you so I thought you know what I will and I did <laughs> now at the time when you wrote the book hmm. how did your family respond and I, I mean I could tell you're extremely passionate and usually what happens with passionate people and you know you're speaking to one of them hmm. uh, you want everybody to um, to see the beauty in what you've discovered and you want everybody to just see that light and just embrace it and do it so that you can share the wealth, so to speak, with mm-hmm. the joy that you've just found. Now, having said that, did you do that with your family, and how did they respond? Well, yeah, I do. I kind of do that with everyone, but I'm also very, um, this is what I do, and this is why I do it, and this is why I think it's great for you, but I don't force anyone or feel bad if they don't do it because I think everyone's on their own journey and you know I found Ayurveda and and I think it's a great way of life but I think everyone comes to things in their own time and my experience has brought me here where I feel like a much healthier person having understood the connection with food and the body but maybe someone else's journey will it'll take them another year maybe they won't ever get it we're all so different so I kind of present to them why I'm so passionate about it and why I think it would be so great for them. And those who are genuinely interested will buy, a, buy the book or talk to me more. And those who aren't, they don't. But I feel I'm a very live and let live type of person. You know, I think there's so many things for me to still explore in life and to write about and talk about that I almost don't spend too much time forcing someone to do what I'm doing. Because I think, you know what? They have their own journey, and their journey will take them somewhere really interesting, too. And maybe I'll learn something from them. So I'm really passionate about it. And, like, I, when I cook for my daughter, I make sure she eats very healthily. And my husband subscribes to it because he sees how beneficial Ayurveda is. But, you know, when he goes out and has lots of red wine, which is not great for him, you know, I kind of think, okay, it's not ideal for him. And if he does it too often, I might mention it. But I think, you know, he's had a long week and and that helps him unwind and being stressed is even worse. Yeah. I try to understand where people are coming from, but I am really passionate, but I'm also not the type of person who kind of... Shoot it on people. Yeah, I'm not that way. I guess 
you're either that way or not. I'm not, but I am very passionate, so I do talk about it more than people might want to hear. Now, what about with your daughter? Well, with my daughter, we're constantly having this battle where I say, what do you want for dinner? And, she says, <laughs> and I say, no. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like with children. You you fight your battles. So, so some days I say you can have past, and other days I say, no, you're going to have something I want you to have. And sometimes we fight about it, and she gives in, or I give in. But generally speaking, I know that she's, she's got a very healthy diet. You know, she eats lots of vegetables. She has lots of whole wheat things that I think are good for her. But she also eats ice cream, which, you know, it's not great from an Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic point of view. She has cake. She has it all. But I know that I think as a parent, it's very important to teach your children really good foundation and nutrition at home. Because I feel like when they grow up, they come back to it. But I don't think you can stop children eating what they want to eat when your back is turned. And my daughter loves sugar. So as soon as my back is turned, she'll go and find something and hide in her room and eat it behind my back. But So I think it's very hard to stop. But I, I'm constantly aware of need, her needing to eat some lentils. So I think they're very good for her. Some vegetables and some whole, whole grains. Now, when you're trying to get your daughter to, say, try a new recipe that you've created, mm-hmm. how do you go about introducing it to her? Uh, Maybe there's some parents out there that, um, you know, follow the same lifestyle but are trying to figure out how to uh, introduce introduce these types of foods and, and way of life to their children. Do you have any tips or suggestions? Well, I think, every, I think all children are different. So my daughter is very curious. But if I keep going on at her to have something, she'll just keep pushing back. So what I do is I eat it. And I feel like children, when they're young, they like to copy their parents anyway. Yes. So she'll look at me, eat it, and she'll say, hmm, what's that? And I'll say, oh, it's this. And she'll say, oh, that doesn't look very nice. And I say, that's fine. I'm eating it. And I think it's delicious. Why don't you eat what you're eating? And then she'll kind of watch me eating, and she'll go, well, should I try some? And I say, well, it's always good to try something. You might like it. You might not. You never know. Mm. So that's the way I do it with her. And often she tries things. And if she doesn't like it, she'll say she doesn't. And if she does, she'll say, oh, I like it. But she might not eat anymore. But I know she'll come back to it another time. I, I insist she has vegetables. Um, but I don't force her because I feel like when you force children to do something uh, regularly, they all they start learning to fight back, and I want her to kind of discover it by herself. But I'm there all the time, eating healthily, and my husband eats quite well, um, so she she's there. But you know, she's a good child. She's you know she'll eat broccoli, she'll have a salad. You know, so I'm lucky with her. But I just had another baby, and he seemed the polar opposite of her when he was a baby, so he <laughs> might be more challenging. I kind of say, as soon as you say something's easy, you get some, something challenging. So. Yeah, right. Uh, now, when you were pregnant, uh, what were some of the benefits that you felt by um, by following this, um, if you will, this way of living as opposed to what uh, many other pregnant women subscribe to, especially during uh, the very sensitive months of pregnancy? Well, the good thing about Ayurveda is it doesn't say, you know, don't eat carbs or don't eat protein or don't eat dairy. It's, it's, you just understand uh, the proportions of things and what really suits you. So having got that, you then do what you want to do, but just understand that actually 
that's quite good for me and that's not so good for me. So I, when I was pregnant with my son, I craved chocolate. And I don't, I'm not a big chocolate eater, but I craved chocolate and I craved red meat. And I'm not a big red meat eater either. Mm-hmm. But you, so I thought, okay, I'm clearly craving iron because that's the whole red meat thing. So I introduced iron in other ways. And, and I ate chocolate. I had good quality dark chocolate because I think that's healthier. But I did eat it. But I always ate it after having had a healthy meal. So I would always make the healthy food or things that I think are healthy for me. And once I ate that, I thought, okay, now I've nourished my body and now I'm going to nourish my soul, which is where the chocolate came in. Because sometimes what you fancy is it's good for your spirit. So I would always have some chocolate. So what I do does is I don't have a fear of food. There's not something I cannot eat. I know what's good for me and I know that that's what I should be eating more of. But when I'm out and I want to have something that, that is not, in inverted commas, so great, I'll still have it. But I'll always remember to balance it out, you know, to, be, to always come back to a healthy way of life. So basically the, the, the key here is balance. And I think especially uh, during, once again, those very sensitive months when your ho- hormones are all over the place, uh, you know, you're dealing with all sorts of challenges and whatnot. Balance is something that's very important to remember. Now, just out of, out of curiosity, mm-hmm. um, in regards to just the lifestyle portion where you're incorporating meditation and yoga, how often do you meditate and how often uh, do you do yoga? Well, I would, I've got to, I don't do anything as much as I'd like to these days because my baby is still young and <laughs> yeah, the day. But uh, before, I would try to meditate at least three, four times a week. Um, and I would do my yoga at least three times a week. You know, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less. But I, I did yoga throughout my pregnancy more than any other exercise um, and meditated. It, since having the baby, I've only reintroduced yoga once a week so far. Um, but it's a funny thing, yoga, because, you know, once you start doing it, you actually really miss it. And I'm, I feel like I, I crave doing it now. It's great. It's just very interesting that Ayurveda, it's not just so much, um, I I guess, like a generic blanket. It's really an incorporation of mind, body, and soul Mm -hmm. that really cooperates in harmony, if you will. Absolutely. It is. The thing, it's 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 what we call a holistic science. What that means is, say, for example, I um, I feel depressed or I feel, yeah, I feel depressed. And I go to the doctor and I say, doctor, I'm depressed. And when you don't take a holistic approach, the doctor will say, well, okay, what's bothering you? And then perhaps give you a pill, et cetera, et cetera. With Ayurveda, they look at the whole body. So they say, okay, you're depressed. And then they sort of follow it backwards and they see what's going on in your body. And maybe I um, was eating the wrong foods and I was developing an ulcer. And, you know, and that's, or I was stressed, and because of that, I was getting this ulcer, and because I had this ulcer for a while, I couldn't eat properly, and then I was getting depressed. So everything in our, in, is connected. You know, when you're not feeling well, you're not happy. When you're not happy for long enough, you start getting depressed, which is, affects your soul. So that's the mind, body, and, and, and soul thing. And Ayurveda treats the root. So if you, you know, stop the stress because you learn to meditate and to control that, then all the other symptoms clear up. 
So that's the whole point about holistic science. But the thing about Ayurveda is there's, there's like three main points. One is um, food is all our nourishment, so you need to understand what you're eating and how you should eat. Uh, the second is that even if you eat the right foods but you don't digest that food properly, you're not going to get the nutrients from it. And that is very key. Mm. If you get the nutrients, you're still craving foods, so sometimes you've eaten a meal and you think, God, I'm still hungry, I want something else, but you actually have just eaten a full meal because you're not getting the right nutrients, so you're still craving to eat, whereas actually you're quite full. And that's something I see a lot of around us, because people pick up a sandwich and they really haven't had any bitter vegetables, for example, which are very detoxifying and cleansing. And your body needs a little bit of everything, so you crave it and you think, I'm so hungry, then you pick up a dessert, which is pretty much giving you the same empty nutrients. So eating food which is nourishing is important. Eating food which you can digest properly is important. If you don't digest food properly, you also um, accumulate toxins in your gut, which is the key to bad health, according to Ayurveda, and a lot of other cultures um, also. So really understanding food and digesting it properly is important, but stress stops you digesting your food properly. So when you're very stressed, I mean, I know I feel it. I get a stomachache, I get acidity, and Mm. just sits there. So it's all about kind of not being stressed so you can digest your food, you know, eating when you're calm. All of that kind of stuff is common sense, but that's what Ayurveda is about. And also Ayurveda says we are all, there are three different body types. And, you know, I I can see it. My husband is a completely different body type than me. He, um, you know, he can eat anything and always be slim. I will, you know have to always watch what I eat and be and, and always, you know, go to the gym to be healthy. Welcome but, to womanhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I have friends who, who are like him. It's really a more of a body type thing. And and you learn this when you look in Ayurveda. There are three body types. And when you understand which body type you are, you automatically understand so much more about yourself and the challenges you will face, but also the special things about yourself because each body type has special things about it. And it's all about how to remain healthy. And Ayurveda says if you eat the right food uh, and you take care of yourself, we should be living to 100 years in good physical and mental health. So that's what Ayurveda is trying to get us to do. It's just trying to say, here's how to be healthy and live well and live long, and here are the tools, and I give it to you. And then the common people, because Ayurveda is 5,000 years old, would then adapt those to their lifestyle and just know how to remain healthy so that you don't have to ever go to the doctor. Now, speaking of which, um, can you, you've already been talking about it, can, but can you discuss the five elements in the body and, and these three energies, the, the, the dashas? The dashas. So there, the, there are, I really believe, and I think a lot of other science agree, there are five main elements in the world. So there's air, ether, water, fire, and earth. And as you go down, ether is the lightest in terms of density. Then that becomes denser and becomes air. And the air rubs against other air and gets friction, which is fire, which condenses, which is water, and then earth. So you have all the different elements. And everything in the world is made up of these elements, including ourselves. Now, we're all made up of the same five elements, but in different proportions. And it is those proportions that give us our doshas. And they're almost like our DNA. You're born with them. They're always going to be there. You'll either have more air or more fire or more water when you're at your own balanced state. Um, and there's good and bad in each, so there's not no wrong or right, but we're all different. 
And what Ayurveda does is, A, it's in, and in the book as well, there is this great questionnaire which you answer, which asks you things like, how do you think? Do you, are you a quick thinker? How, what's your memory like? Is it, uh, do you have a good reten- retention or a bad retention? How do you walk? How do you speak? It just tries to get a great picture of who you are as a person. And then once you add up all the points, you'll say, okay, I'm, I have more um, fire in me, for example, therefore I'm a fire body type. And when you then turn to the pages in the book, which tells you what that means, so, you know, you are, if you're a fire body type, you are a determined, very focused person, you're quite uh, competitive in a certain way, you um, have like that fire in your belly, if you think about it, where you want to go out there and you want to conquer the world, you're a very good orator, you're quite a competitive sportsman. Those are all the qualities of fire, and they're great when they're in balance because you go out there and you want to conquer the world and you uh, have a lot of energy. But when they're not balanced, it's, it's not a good place, and you perhaps become a bit over-competitive and over-controlling. For the air body type, you know, when you're in a healthy place, you are, you know, you, you walk fast, you talk fast, you're like the air, you're, you know, there's a lot of movement, you're quite creative. You know, but like air, you have, you know, dry skin a bit, sometimes dry hair, dry eyes. You're quite slender by build. You know, the air body types are normally quite thin. You know, the models are often air body types. Um, You know, when you're unbalanced, you can be a bit spaced out. You know, you need a bit of grounding. Yoga is very good for you. You um, can be a bit erratic. You start doing things, but then like the wind, you change movement and you stop doing it and you start doing something else. So that's the air body type. And the water and earth is combined into one body type. And, you know, they're more grounded. They're like the earth. They're, they are more maternal. They're, more, they're very loving. They're, they make great friends, as, as you do all the others, in, just so that's not a fair comment to make. But they're um, nurturing. They are generally a bigger build because they're more, there's more mass. There's more density. So whether it's just because they're taller and more muscular, a lot of athletes are kapha. Uh, Kappa, which is earth and water, but also you might have a tendency of putting on weight uh, more than the other body type, but you have the strongest immunity. So there's good and bad in all, but it's great because once you know your body type, you then can understand how you have to eat to balance it. So when you're in a fire body type, you need to eat foods which are quite cooling. And when you're an air body type, you need to eat foods which are quite warming and and nourish and, and um nourishing in terms of comfort food with some oil and everything because you need to almost lubricate all that air that's in your system. And when you're earth water body type, you need to eat food which is less grounding and light, so more light foods, more vegetables, and, and almost the food that's not very calorie dense. But actually, when you look at it, it all makes complete sense. And you turn to your best friend, and then you'll do the questionnaire with her, and she'll be a different body type, and she'll say, God, that's so me. There's a lot of aha moments with, with Ayurveda, which is, I suppose, which is what happened to me, which is what I'm trying to share with everyone else. Now, I have a question. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, looking, I'm listening to you describe each description. Is it possible to be a combination of two? Yeah, absolutely. It is, and many of us are um, a combination of two. Personally, I have a very vata mind, so I think very fast and I talk very fast. I have a terrible memory. Uh, I need to stay focused and I'm quite creative. But I have a kapha body, which is that, you know, I will always have a tendency of putting on weight and um, 
you know, I have that, that good skin and, uh, and, and uh, good hair and all of that kind of stuff that comes with kapha. So you do have both. And that's fine because, you know, we're all complex human beings. We all have five, but there might be two um, doshas that dominate you. And also, you know, it's, our lifestyle makes a difference. So if I became more, um, you know, if I spent more time sitting around in my home and eating more, that will get more of that energy and I'll be more kapha. But if I went out and I spent a lot of time running around and taking in other energies, you see the whole thing about these elements is that they're energies and they flow. So at times, you know, you have more, you, you know, you're eating more, you're going to get a certain energy. You're running around more, certain energy. So you can manipulate this energy and the elements within you. It sounds easier than when I'm making it. It's actually easier than the way I'm making it sound. Because <laughs> it's such a different, comp, um, it's such a different um, science. But it's all logical once you read or, you know, because it, it's quite in-depth in and complex. Once you read the basics, it all makes sense, I promise you. Well, it's just very interesting, the descriptions, because I think that uh, my combination would be the uh, pita, did I say that correctly? Yeah. And the kapha, um, because I'm very tall, uh, Mm. but if I don't watch it, I'll put on weight and a heartbeat. Uh, But the thing is, is that both descriptions Mm. do fit me. And it's just interesting that I, I have... Um, I have I, I happen to be very fond of spicy foods, uh, mm-hmm. but um, you know it, it, the descriptions that are mentioned with kapha, it, it's you know just the same thing. It it seems like a natural attraction to the you know this these types of foods and whatnot, and plus the description uh, that comes with it really. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting perspective when you're looking at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it it also makes sense because when you're looking from this perspective as far as why you do the things that you do and if you have a certain body type or a certain disposition, so on and so forth, it's, to me, I think it's kind of comical when you read something like that and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, something that, yeah, that does sound like me. And um, it, it's just interesting how... Uh, with Ayurveda, uh, this has been around for so many years, and all of a sudden, it just makes it um, transparent as far as how this really applies to my own personal self, you know? Now, the next question that I have for you is, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this correctly, the Agni, is it? Agni, yeah. Agni. Can you explain what that is and how it pertain how, how you can uh keep it or, or how you keep it healthy uh and what people often do that make it unhealthy so the agni is the is is almost like our central fire in our bodies and it pertains very i mean agni it's like if you don't have that fire you're not alive so it's it's part of who you are it's your it's your it's the heat in your body but it's very, very much linked to our digestion. And um, if you have a strong agni, for example, they say you would have a strong digestion and metabolism. If you have a weak agni, um, it's the opposite. So it's harder for you to digest food, and you'll find you'll put on weight. Um, and 
the thing about our, our Agni, and even in fact our digestion in the West, we almost don't pay attention to our stomachs. We eat what we want to eat, and sometimes we overeat and we get acidity or we get indigestion and we take a pill, and then we do it again the next day, and then the mm-hmm. next actually happens is every time you put that much pressure on your digestion, it weakens. You know, it's, it's, it's like any other thing in our body. If we abuse it, it weakens. And it's the same with our Agni. So a lot of us are walking around with very weak digestions and metabolism, i.e., you know, we hear about yo-yo dieting is very bad for the metabolism, um, and it's exactly the same thing. The two concepts are the same. So all of that kind of uh, um, burdening or being unkind to your digestion will weaken it, which means in time you will put on weight and you will stop. Um, you will find it hard to digest food. The way to weaken your agni is to um, overeat or um, undereat, in fact. If you undereat, then again, your system is not working like a combustion oven like it should be, so it will weaken over time. So erratic eating eating is bad, overeating is bad, eating the wrong foods, eating too many um, frozen foods, for example, is bad, too much dairy, so there's a lot of things that will weaken your digestion. Uh, too much stress is bad, actually. Um, and the way to keep your your health, your agni and your digestion healthy is uh, the opposite of what you've done wrong. So, you know, always eat regular meals, eat at the same time in the same days. Your body almost gets used to it, like me. If I don't eat by the time, by 12.31 every day, I will get irritable, which is not a good thing, but my body's used to it. It wants to eat. It knows it's time to eat. So all your digestive juices are ready to go, and that's the best time to eat food. Um, you know, don't eat when you're not hungry. It's a terrible thing because you don't have digestive juices that are ready to take the food, and your digestion is busy digesting your last meal. So when you eat more, you're effectively, again, overburdening your system. Um, you know, don't drink a lot of water with your meal because you are diluting those digestive juices, or in Ayurveda, they'll say you're dampening the agni. And that's that's a big one, because the, um, the, the, if you will, commercial diets, or the different um, diet companies Mm. that have their own methodology and actually have their own uh, brand of food that you are supposed to purchase Mm. uh, to be able to follow their diet guidelines, you know, to the T, they, uh, many of them say, oh, if you want to uh, eat less and uh, just cut down on what you eat, uh, drink a full glass of water before your meal. And honestly, I did not know until... Uh, reading your book that that was a very bad idea because of the digestive uh, fluids that you really need Uh, and I'm very grateful that you included this because that is a very big deal and I've noticed that as you get older Mm -hmm. things don't exactly work the same way that they used to and yeah, and depending upon what it is that you're eating, yeah, those those fluids are very essential to proper digestion. And for people that uh, aren't really quite getting that, if you found that you've eaten a meal and all of a sudden you have heartburn or you have an upset stomach or you have a feeling like you are extremely bloated or fatigued even, uh, these 
it's because there is a lack of, or, or that you are not digesting your food properly. And when you don't digest your food properly, it doesn't serve you. It is not good for your body. So as um, as you just pointed out, if you're going to eat, eat when you are hungry. Don't eat because you need to get something in your system. Uh, that's not how you should think. When you are hungry is when you should eat. Or uh, for people that will eat for the sake of eating, when they're not hungry, pay attention. Is your body telling you that you are hungry? Because there are some people that, that will say, oh, it's 12 o'clock, I've got to have lunch, whether they're hungry or not. And the thing is, is that you have to go by, is your body physically giving you a sign, are you hungry? But the water thing, that's a very big deal. So if we, we ideally, we should um, sip hot water or warm water as we're eating, a bit like we have Chinese tea in a Chinese restaurant. That aids digestion and it's sipping, and that is good. Drinking uh, a lot of uh, liquid is bad, and drinking cold water with ice is the worst thing you can do. Why but, is that with the cold water with the ice? Because I'll be honest with you, I drink an awful lot of cold water with ice, especially in the summertime. Well, according to Ayurveda, your, if you imagine that your, your digestive system is a fire, then literally you're having cold things and ice will just cool it and it needs to be strong and it needs to be a strong, hot, burning oven. So they, they would, ne- in fact, they say never drink any ice. They say ice is very bad for the system, full stop. And really, they would recommend you to have some um, hot water and hot water with lemon or a little ginger tea, but never cold water, uh, never icy water at all. Um, It adds nothing to the body. What would you recommend, say if it's a hot summer day like today here in New York, the temperature uh, has risen and... um, you know, most people are inclined to drink icy cold beverages. What would you recommend as an alternative? Well, I have to be honest. I think it's habit. You know, oh, without a doubt. This is this is be this is basically. You know, if you're hot, you reach for something cold, and when you're freezing in the winter, what do people do? They reach for a hot beverage. Yeah, but but I even think the whole ice thing. When when you you're used to drinking it, so you drink it. But, I mean, I am used to not drinking icy stuff now, and I'm very happy to have room temperature uh, water, and it still quenches the thirst. Um, but I would I would be more aware of what am I eating. I need to eat foods that are cooling. You know, I'd have some fruit. Fruit is very cooling and things like that. But I wouldn't, you know, automatically go for ice. I mean, but that's my habit. I don't have that habit. So... It's a matter of retraining yourself. And that's always the hardest thing to do. The hardest thing to do is to say, you know what, I have some bad habits which are not serving me, and I need to retrain myself. And you stop getting used to it. You don't crave it after a while. You just think, you know what, I'm thirsty and I'm a bit hot. I'm going to sit in the shade and have some water. Yeah, that's a, that's a great solution. Uh, quick question. This is uh, coming in from Twitter. Uh this is from Sandra. Uh, she wrote in that uh, with Ayurveda, it calls for eating salty foods. What do you do if you have high blood pressure and you have to watch uh, your intake of salt? Uh, Ayurveda doesn't say you have to eat salty food. I'm not sure where she gets her information from. Ayurveda says there are six tastes, uh, sweet, 
sour, salty, uh, pungent, astringent, and bitter, and that we need to have a bit of everything every day, which is true, because if we have no salt in our diet, you will end up with no blood pressure. But it doesn't say you have to have salty food. In fact, for a lot of the body types, it says you need to cut down on salt and cut down on sugar. I've never heard anywhere that you should eat salty food. So I'm, I, I'm not quite sure where she's getting her information from. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And uh, if I'd like to, if I could just interject, mm-hmm. um, the body, if I'm not mistaken, consists of I think it's what 98% uh, salt water. So it's interesting to just eliminate all salt is uh, not necessarily the smartest thing either. But the thing is, is that it's the type of salt mm-hmm. that you are consuming. Uh, unfortunately, the manufacturers of salt can use the term sea salt to basically mean anything. So you have to make sure that the salt that you are getting is actually from uh, um, a, a clean salt mine where the salt actually is a mineral, where it actually has nutritional value. Yeah, so I, I'd like to just interject that. Yeah, no, but you do absolutely need salt. I've never heard of anyone saying that you shouldn't have any salt. And Ariva, that definitely doesn't say you have to have a high salt diet. Thank you. Now, um, in regards to the body, what do you think has been the biggest, or, or, or say the top five benefits from the transition that you made to uh, incorporate or, or to actually making that transition into an Ayurvedic way of living? I think it's just really interesting as adults that we finally understand how to be healthy for ourselves. You know, a lot of us are still looking for the answers and we are looking externally. We look um, to other people for what they're eating. We look, we talk to, uh, we, you know, we look at the medicines we need to eat to, to maintain ourselves in a certain way. And with Ayurveda, you you have all the tools to be healthy, and I think that's just very empowering. You know, you understand it. You get the body to a different level. So I find that's really empowering, and that gives me, you know, a sense of calm that I'm I'm not searching for that anymore. I I get it, um, and I think it's just it's that's nice, and I think it's nice not to overstress about. Uh, you know, I talk about being healthy because I think it's important, but it's not necessarily about being skinny, um, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, in, in, in a, we're, you know, as women, it's all about being a size zero, being very skinny. And I think Ayurveda has taught me that I actually have been a size zero and I have been skinny. And, you know, there's, it's not necessarily for everybody. So if you're not getting there, I'd say, you know what, maybe you're not meant to get there because maybe you will not be a healthy, happy person when you're there. Um, and I think it's just given me a sense of kind of calm. I know how to deal with stress, which, you know, which is really terrible. And I'm, you know, I've, I've got two children and I'm a working mother. You know, I've just had a, a baby and I'm still working. So you need to know how to deal with the stress of everyday life. And I think Ayurveda has sort of given me a bit of that. Um, so I think it's only really, you know, enriched my life. And, uh, you know, we talk about how I do, I follow an Ayurvedic life, but I'm definitely not a slave to Ayurvedic principles. It's just, the, it's, there's a, I have a great understanding of what's good for me and what's not. And most of the, the, the things that are good for us are really easy to adapt. 
and adopt in our lives. Um, like don't eat, don't drink a lot of water with your food, and you know when you do eat, don't have too many different elements on your plate because that's more things for your body to digest. And just a few little tidbits that you take around with you that become part of who you are. And um, you know, and I think it's good. I think it's a very easy thing to incorporate, and everyone's always happier uh, after it. Thank you. Now, we have a couple more comments from Twitter. Uh, next comment, this is coming from Shauna. Uh, she wrote in to just say, thank you. This is a great interview. I've learned a lot. Uh, the next comment is from Marie, who wrote in that uh, she would love to follow an Ayurvedic diet. However, her job is very stressful, and mm-hmm. she has three kids. It's very hard for her to find a lot of time for herself, and often I skip meals. Uh, do you have any suggestions for me? Um, yeah, I do. I have to say that I I have two kids, and I have, um, I don't know how, you know, stress is all relative, so I feel like I have a lot of stress when I work, but there's a lot going on at the same time, and I have deadlines. But I I just think food is, eating well is more important perhaps than a lot of other things for me and my family, you know. It's very important for my daughter to have fresh food and for me. So if you can take in something for lunch to, to work, that's great. It's really important not to skip meals. You know, I don't know which meal you're skipping. If it's breakfast, I'd say wake up 10 minutes earlier. It's worth it's worth it. Um, mm. If you're skipping lunch, I would say, can you get pack a lunch the night before? You know, the quinoa vegetables we talked about earlier, if she can pack that and take it with her to work the next day or make a soup and reheat it. Uh, but, you know, even out there, I don't know where she works, but often there's restaurants and takeaways that are actually not so unhealthy um, to, you know, to go there. and see. It's hard for me to suggest exactly, I don't know where she works, but there are always healthy options out there. And the thing about Ayurveda is, you know, if you, for example, if you get the book, you'll see there are lots of things which are really easy for you to take to work or to incorporate into your life, which may be before you look at the book, it just seems like it's not good for you, but actually it is. Um, and I would say, yeah, you know, get your kids to pitch in with help cooking if they can. You know, take, uh, wake up a little earlier and fix a lovely salad. It's hard for me to say because I know how difficult it is, but I do think that even if she's able to, you know, out of those five days at work, if she's able to take in two meals or not skip all five, she's already being a healthier, better person. Uh, for herself. So I'd say, you know, try. Try with one meal and see if you can incorporate making it at night or waking up a little bit earlier and see how it goes. Thank you. And thank you, Marie, for the question. And Shauna, thank you for the Twitter love. Uh, it's always welcome, folks. Oh, uh, just, another, just another, June, another thought, sure. uh, which I've done in the past, which is sometimes if you have some very close friends who live or work near you, maybe one day you make a fresh meal for the two of you and the next day they make a fresh meal for the two of you. Um, because when you're cooking in the kitchen, whether you cook for one or you cook for two, it's not going to make much difference. And I think that's a lovely way to sort of live also, where everyone recognizes the other person's very busy, and you do something good for someone one day, and the next, you know, two days later they cook, and I think that's a nice way of living also. Thank you. Uh, the next question is from Hyacinth. Uh, she wrote in, I can't always get fresh vegetables and have to buy frozen, is that acceptable by your standards? It's not ideal. 
um, but absolutely, if you can't get fresh vegetables, but you're getting frozen vegetables, it's better than not getting any vegetables. Very true, yeah. Uh, and that brings me to, actually, we have another very interesting question. This is from Anita. She would like to know, is it okay to freeze your recipes if you make large portions so that you can reheat them, you know, to bring to work? You know, I really want to say yes, because I know how that makes everyone's life so much easier. Yeah. To be true to Ayurveda, it's not ideal. You know, fresh food is really the best thing you can do for yourself. Um, so really, when you reheat something, you're already going to lose a little bit of nutrition, but it's not so bad. But when you cook it and then you freeze it and then you defrost and reheat it, you're losing another level of nutrition, and Ayurveda really doesn't doesn't recommend it. So, but you know, as a working mom, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, and you know, something this uh, the, the recipes are not terribly complicated. Uh, they I mean, you use you mix up the ingredients so that it's really a nice twist on many different types of foods. I mean, nobody wants to eat the same boring thing night after night. And what I love about your book is that, as I said, the, the photographs are fantastic, but you really do a great job of just putting a new twist on something. Like with the quinoa, for example, a quinoa is something that is very bland. You have to clean it very well before you use it, but there are many different things that you can do with it. But uh, sometimes I find myself, I might just get into this routine where I'll make the same old, same old, same old, and then all of a sudden uh, I'll eat over a friend's house or I'll read a wonderful book like your book, of course, and then I'll say, hey, you know something? That looks pretty good. I think I'm going to try that. And then all of a sudden uh, I have a new recipe that... Uh, I'll start making, and um, you know, it's it's just nice to have a fresh view on different types of foods because you know, once again, we get caught in the same routine where it just becomes a habit because you get caught up with the the day to day activities that you uh, have, and sometimes it's just nice to have a fresh view. Uh, it's almost like trying something again for the first time. So um, even if you buy the book and you just try a, a handful of the recipes, it's amazing. And I think what you said in regards to what you told your daughter, that it's important to just try things, even yeah. if you're not too sure. If you just try it, you might find that it might become a new favorite. And if not, um, you know, you don't know until you actually try and I think that that is um, something that we have to remember. Now, also, I'm, I'm a cooking mom too, so when I cook a lot of recipes, I also want them to be as easy as possible. So sometimes there's just a whole lot of things thrown in together and left to cook in the oven or left to cook on the hob. And, and it works. And like you say, you know, I'm a cook, and we all get stuck in food ruts. And sometimes you need to be re-inspired. And, you know, I guess this book is one of those kind of things that, hey, there's some great ingredients out there on our doorsteps, and let's just cook really simply with them. Um, forget all the Ayurveda. There's just some really lovely, healthy recipes in there, and uh, and they're just there, there to inspire, and maybe you want to add your own twist on things, which is absolutely fine. But I think I think we all need a little bit of inspiration sometimes. I could not agree more. 
this next question is actually from Ted. He'd like to know, do you have a hard time finding a restaurant that is suitable to your dietary requirements? Um, n- I don't stress about these things. You know, I feel that wherever I go, I can find something which um, which I think I want to eat. And if it's not ideal in terms of Ayurveda, it's fine because I will balance it the next day. So I think stress is just as bad as eating badly. So I, I try not to stress. You know, if I'm going for Chinese, I'll order lots of vegetables. If I'm going for Indian, I order lots of lentils and vegetables. If I'm going for Italian, <coughs> again, you can order some fish or some chicken with some vegetables and or a little bit of uh, rice. But, you know, if I feel like having a pasta, which, you know, to me is not full of nutrients because it's, you know, very refined, uh, I will eat the pasta. I, I just, I think, you know, we need to try our hardest. But, um, you know, I, I don't stress about it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it can be very challenging. I know for my, myself to find a restaurant that I can actually eat in. Uh, it depends upon what your situation is. I have a very sensitive system, so I have to be extra careful. But if that's not the situation, you know, just try to make the healthiest choices. Uh, now, this next question, this is from Erin. Uh, she said, "How do you manage during the holidays?" when there's so many different foods that you're not you know you're not supposed to eat but they're only it's that time of the year anyway yeah um you just you keep you try you try your heart <laughs> you know you're going to go for a big lunch so you have a sensible healthy good for you breakfast and you have a small sensible healthy dinner and when you're at lunch Again, you know, I think what's more important than what you're eating is to make sure you don't overeat. So, you know, if you eat what you want to eat, but you eat until you're just full, and Ayurveda says eat until you're 50% full and then stop, your body will digest that food and you will take all the positive nutrients from it. And if you don't overeat, the chances are you won't feel terrible at the end of it. So it's not just about whether you have fat. It's also about not overeating and digesting, taking all the goodness from what you've just eaten. Because someone's just cooked you a lovely, fresh, healthy meal, a lovely, fresh meal. And even if it's not healthy, as long as you eat till you're 50% full, you'll walk away fine. And, you know, if you have the control, give dessert a miss, and you'll pretty much always be fine. Yeah, that's that's really excellent advice, and I think that's one of the things that people often do. If it's in front of them, they feel compelled to eat it no matter how stuffed they are. And, you know, that's one of the worst things that you could do. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, if you eat slowly and you, and you pace yourself, um, that helps. But I do think, you know, stop when you're full. It's such, it's a simple thing, but it works forever. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on the show. Can you tell our audience once again what your website is and also how they can go about picking up your wonderful book? Yeah, thank you, June. Um, the website is www. Anjum Anand, that's A N J U M A N A N D for David, anand.co.uk. And uh, the book's called Eat Right for Your Body Type, and you should be able to get it in most of the big uh, bookstores in America, as well as Amazon and a lot of other online websites. So it should be easy to find. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you for having me on, June. It was lots of fun, and I uh, love chatting with you, hearing about your way of life. 
Thank you so much. And, folks, this has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon, and don't forget to check out Eat Right for Your Body Type. Have a great day, folks.